G'day everyone. Proud to say Bar Karate is brought to you by Radix Nutrition, makers of the most technically comprehensive nutrition products that have ever existed. Unlock your potential with Radix. This week we're also sponsored by Vicobi. Vicobi manufacturers of performance gear that helps you sail at your peak. Hey listeners, welcome to Bar Karate, the sailing podcast. My name's Jordan Spencer and it's that time of the week where we get to hang out with some really cool sailors. But of course, I have to share the mic with my two idiot mates. First off, from the UK, Mr. Brett Perry. Greetings, exalted one. Hey bro. G'day world, welcome to everyone. Um, coming to you from sunny Brentwood here in uh, Essex, uh, London. Um, <laughs> sorry I missed last week. Uh, I did have a bit of trouble connecting, but obviously a late race and uh, and a couple of those little golden beverages uh, kept me uh, asleep and out of action. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, so we got you in the UK. Let's see where Mr. Bice is. He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. Nick Bice? Speaking of broken in, <laughs> I may not be part of this for the whole uh, episode. Um, coming to you a lot. Porter Chervo, um, yeah, Porter and, uh, Okay, it's going well, it's going well. <laughs> He's dropped in and out. All right, so we'll continue on. So Bicey's in Porter Chervo. Um, BP, we'll just, whilst, if Bicey, if you can hear us and you come in, then, um, yeah, we can't at the moment. Anyway, we'll continue. BP, so just a uh, little bit of a feel for the, the V... Uh, I was going to call her VX1, the Far X2, mate. How'd she go? Oh, look, we've had a great, uh, a great few weeks here. Um, obviously, there's continual um, steps forward yeah. with a couple of little steps back, but uh, uh, that's what it's about with this uh, sort of project. But I think we're out now on the uh, the, uh, the now on the on the pace and where we want to be. So um, we've had a great uh, two races, of two full events that uh, we've competed in now. Um, so, you know, it's taken a long time to get to this place, but, uh, we're, we're stoked. Um, so now it's, uh, currently keating, competing in the double-handed United Kingdom, um, uh, nationals down in, uh, down in, um, it was at Cows, um, with the Rourke series. So that's, uh, their one racing of their two. So, uh, they had a good race on uh, Friday night and then they've mm. got another one on Saturday. So looking forward to that. We'll keep you posted. Right. We've got results. I love it. Love it. Yeah, we so. have got some results, yeah. Mm, yeah. Cool. And some great footage. <laughs> cool. All right, well, I'm sure we'll get on to more of that. will come up in conversation as we go through the show. Um, boss, you can, are you you there? Oh, I'm back. I'm back. Yeah, yeah Back, boys. What, what's going on? Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, coming to you live from Port Chervo. Um, <laughs> happy Father's Day. <laughs> Good point. Well done for the Southern Hemisphere. Father's Day. Yeah, in the Southern yeah. Hemisphere. Yep. Yeah, 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 yeah. So oh, never leave a forwarding address, Jordan. Good news for you. Didn't receive a thing. I heard from no one. That's correct. <laughs> well, I've got a family and I haven't heard from them. Oh! Mm, <laughs> How do I mm, feel? Yeah, Thanks. you know what that means. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've been wiped. Oh, I love it. Love it. Um, all right, well, obviously you books are having grand adventures and uh, I'm just sitting here in, in sunny old Queensland just uh, drifting on with my time uh, without my mates, so, you know. I'll uh, I'll live yeah. vicariously through you, blokes. Here, here. Okay. Good cool. job. Cool, cool. We'll do right. our best, Jay. 
let's get our uh, let's get our guest on board, and then we can we can pick up the banter as it goes because it's obviously going to be in and out with a bice monster. BP, I feel like um, I feel like this is. Uh, um, going to be a fun one for you, my friend. I think you're going to be all over this one. Um, our guest is one of the youth, the the radical youth, the future, the 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 uh, the the people that are going to change uh, after us old pricks disappear. Uh, but a youth doing the offshore stuff. So we've got an Omaka sailor um, from the Gentoo sailing team. Um, Singapore lad, well, grew up in Singapore, let's just say, but spent many years uh, banging around those that island and having adventures. Um, won the, uh, speaking of the British national champs in the double handing, he's won it a few times with D Kafari, um, yeah, which a is effort, eh? a great effort considering D often likes to go the wrong way around the course. Um, <laughs> go the reverse way around the course, uh, and is campaigning now with his owner Mocha and doing the whole thing. So we're we're quite interested because the, this one is a development of sort of someone early in the piece and and starting yeah. to grow. So I'm really interested to see how the program's going. So we're going to actually welcome to the show, Mr. James Herrera. How are you, buddy? Good morning, gentlemen. Thank you very much for having me. Hey, uh, um, hey, uh, James. Oh, have yeah. Have you heard about the uh, Bar Karate Reverse Curse? <laughs> <laughs> no, okay. not yet. Enlighten okay, me. yeah. Well, just stand by because your career is just going to be uh, peppered with wins from now on in. So, <laughs> congratulations. <laughs> so, I hope you're right. Yeah, the reverse <laughs> curse is 100% success. We've worked out 100% success. Come on the show, guaranteed wins. The only people it doesn't work for, we've experienced, is ourselves. We Our can't. Good reverse, selves. We can't reverse curse <laughs> ourselves. So that's that's the only thing I'll say. So leave us off your boat if you want success. Um, oh, don't say that. No, sorry. Take that back. Right. All right. Um, mate, James, uh, yeah, what are you, 25? Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, 25. And, I mean, um, you've, you've got your own Omaka boat doing the full thing. How, how the hell did that happen? Um, good question. So, um I, as, as you said in the beginning, I, I grew up in Singapore and uh, all my sailing was done on small dinghies. So going through kind of Optimus, Bite, Laser um, and kind of the, the Singapore Olympic uh, pathway, I guess. And there was very, very little offshore racing going on there and al- always saw the Bondi Globe and uh, the Volvo Ocean Race as well as, you know, two events that I dreamed of competing in. Um, but they seemed you know, a lot further down the line kind of events when I got a little bit older, a little bit more experienced. Um, fast forward a couple of years, um, saw, uh, the IOC introduce the mixed double handed offshore class into the Olympics. Um, so teamed up with D and we had two really, really good years together. Um, had some successes in results, uh, but just thoroughly enjoyed all the sailing and, and the discipline of, of racing that was going on. Um, and it was also quite an exciting time in the UK because it, the, that was when the class was really kicking off. Um, we saw massive growth in double-handed sailing here, uh, which was incredible. And it's still, you know, still going really well. Um, but for me, that there was no, um, I guess, end to it, if, if that makes sense. It was just going to be a case of me competing in the double-handed races, you know, season on season. And there's no, no kind of objective to go to once the IOC removed that discipline from, from the games. So I then decided to change tack and um, uh, 
go off sailing and did three months with Alex Thompson on his last boat, which is just unbelievable. Um, I mean, we got you know 36 knots of boat speed. Alex and I got along really well. I was just fascinated by the boats um, and the the class as a as a whole. Um, and decided that that was kind of the direction that I wanted to go in, down, um, even though it was a little bit earlier on than I ever imagined. Um, so we spent a couple months trying to put together a campaign. Uh, we kept Gentry Sailing Team as sort of a, a brand uh, moving forward um, and uh, got ourselves an iMocker, which I'll never forget the first time Stefan, the previous owner, handed over the keys and I was sort of sat in the cockpit <laughs> wondering what the hell I'm going to do with this thing. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, it's been it's been wild so far um absolutely love it every day we go out it's you know the boat gets smaller and smaller figuratively um and easier to handle and um the racing is just unbelievable and the class is you know never really been stronger so um so yeah can you tell us a little bit about gentoo sailing and the theory behind uh, tell us a little bit about the theory behind gentoo sailing team uh what it means um and what the goals are um and obviously um you know the mockers the big the big uh, shining light. Um, you've got a lot of events coming up, uh, but Gentoo Sailing Team is is what you run. You do a lot of a lot of work behind the scenes for that. Yeah, so it's um, uh, Gentoo Sailing Team has now been around for probably four four years, I guess. Um, and uh, yeah, transitioned from from the kind of Olympic focus now now to the Vendée, and um, it's uh, it's yeah, it's a lot of work. I feel like I'm aging ten years every year at the moment. Um, <laughs> But we're we're obviously focused on all the racing. Um, you know, I'm sat here because I love going sailing. Um, but the team is is so much more, and I think I probably underestimated slightly how much other stuff was going to be involved in running a Bondi campaign. There's you know relatively little sailing um, and a huge amount of focus on the the commercial side. Uh, we run a youth program. We do a lot of kind of sustainability work as well and environmental work. Um, so it's a lot a lot more than just the sailing team, I guess. Um, but all kind of made up of the fact that I uh, just love going out racing and love sailing offshore and love sailing solo because no one else would want to sail with me. Yeah, I hear you, bro. <laughs> hey, um, James, and I mean, I'm about what I'm about to say, I mean the nicest possible way. You've got a young face, right? Like you, you look young. Um, um, do you ever turn up to the youth sailing and they try and put you on the bar? <laughs> <laughs> one of the participants <laughs> so when we when we um put together the youth program um it was going to be sort of 16 to 25 years old but when we first started it i was younger than um 25 <laughs> years old so i could actually be in the youth program so it's, we have to make a decision to bring it bring it down a little bit so now it's 16 to 23 just so that i stay above the uh <laughs> above next, the next year it goes up to 24 <laughs> Year yeah, after exactly. twenty five, yeah. <laughs> and then when you get to our age, it's to forty nine. <laughs> yeah, it's very funny. I I got to say a funny story. Was I actually say I, we've we've given the X two to to the the team to go sailing, and it's a it's plastered on the side with Gen two sailing youth sailing, and the other night the first race that it actually uh, we did with it was Nick Bonner and myself. Both of us are fifty years old and grey hair, so it's quite funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you don't, if you don't. T- take note in the youth sailing campaign you could end up like these two old blokes <laughs> <laughs> i love it i love it um yeah no that's cool um uh, i mean the cynic amongst me would just just say 
running youth campaign 16 to 23, you're 25, you're just looking for all the young lasses to come down and um, and just, it's the best way to meet girls that you could create. <laughs> it's just the cynic. 10 thing. minutes, 9 seconds, so we'll just <laughs> remove that piece. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, no, 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 none of that going on. But um, yeah, no, it is. It's it's incredible for me. It's it's really rewarding part of the the team that I, I love. Um, you know, love working on, and I think it all kind of came about when uh when I was going through the shorthanded uh, route with with D, and actually kind of before that happened. And I'm you know super happy that my transition in shorthanded sailing was was pretty quick. Um, and uh, you know, relatively seamless although i'm kind of ner- nervous to say that but um i think what i realized doing that was how, how difficult it is to actually get on these boats and, and actually get involved in particularly that discipline of sailing um but yacht racing in general so for me it was kind of a right we've got this this cool platform with a with a brand um and we've got this opportunity to get you know 12 young sailors six boys six girls into the industry at some level and yeah. kind of help work with them and you know hopefully push them forward and we've we've seen some really cool successes so far um and uh no it's been been an absolute pleasure and obviously getting the fire x2 as well was was brilliant just before we go down the uh the amoka and vonday path can we go back to rewind back to that uh initial stage where you got into the double handings particularly with d Mm. um it was on a 3300 um which is you know the sunfast 3300 which is which are great boats in that particular area how how was that sailing with D and and mm. what did she bring to the game for you personally because you know she's got a lot of experience and we we love her dearly and um, she's obviously given you a lot of uh, confidence and a lot of uh, knowledge. Yeah, so um, uh, when it first be started, careful, we... be careful, James, because she'll be listening to this <laughs> yeah, she'll on her morning uh, run. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> and we're very good mates with her. We love her, as PP said. No, so. no, we're only joking. Yeah. <laughs> only joking. Go for it, mate. Say whatever um, you want. So. She... So she, um, well, actually, if we just rewind very quickly back to before I actually teamed up with D. So I set up Gen 2 before D got involved and, and knew that that was a discipline of sailing that I wanted to go down. However, didn't have a sailing partner. So for the first couple of months during COVID, it was a little bit like speed dating. Um, you know, every, every oh, weekend wow. I was going out sailing with someone else. Um, and obviously it had to be a, a female. Yeah. Um so um, it was it was quite entertaining actually, and like got to sell with some some great people. And then I sent D an email, um, kind of bit of a long shot. Um, but D, do you want to come out for a bit of sailing? Because I, I knew she was interested in, in that class. And um, as D is, you know, super nice and bubbly and you know supportive. Uh, she uh, she wrote back and she was like, absolutely, um, uh, let's go out for for a bit of sailing. So anyway, we headed out um that was basically the first time that i actually ever met her i think um i might have met her on one or two occasions before but uh we went out and i will never forget the the first day it was absolutely perfect it was basically a you know 110 true reach to nab tower and back which for um for those who don't know nab tower is just kind of outside the solent um and uh yeah we were cruising along on on the 3300 this was in in the middle of covid uh so no one else out on the water um no shipping uh, and we just flew there and back um had a really really good time together got along very well um i think pretty quickly we realized that you know d's got a so much experience and, and her kind of um way she sails is very different to to me um and i think what we realized quite quickly was that uh 
we actually our, our skills sort of complemented each other quite quite nicely um and we ended up doing our first race together which was the dream cup um which is the 400 450 mile race um in France and we did re really well uh, this was just that should be had done what, two weeks three weeks sailing on the boat together and um I think we came away with second we were you know a couple seconds behind uh Henry Bombay and, and Shirley Robson who were also running a double-handed campaign yep. and um most importantly we just had an absolute blast while we were doing it um and uh yeah it all kind of kicked off from from there and D somehow got tied into sailing with me for two years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, well, she obviously enjoyed it. So you know, like it was, uh, you know, some pretty uh, pretty exciting times for all. But like, like I said, she's obviously, um, I guess, um, molded you a little bit to where you are now. Um, what was the biggest thing you took out of it? I think um, I, I kind of joke. I'm not, I'm not sure whether D is going to be happy with me saying this, but I kind of joke around that D is sort of my my mum away from mum. She um, you know, she's been like. You know, really instrumental in my sailing, particularly the off offshore sailing. And I think um, what she's taught me, which I'm, I still need to get better at, is I um, I get pretty excited when I go out racing, and uh, I'm someone who you know always wants the right sail up at the right time, and mm -hmm. is is you know quite, I'd say like energetic, keen to you know oh there's breeze over there, right, go over there. Um, D is a lot more, uh, yeah, she's a lot more mature in her sailing yeah. um and uh you know that that's taught me a huge amount and i think actually you know particularly moving into the amoka class where you can't just flop attack in head over there you can't just whack a sail up and down you, you know you can't get away with that type of sailing yeah. um it's taught me a huge amount there and it's i think it's made my uh you know it's matured me um in in my in how i approach sailing um Definitely, but she's, you know, she, she's awesome. She's still involved with the program. Uh, she's still kind of the the person that I go to for advice, and um, uh, she's a trustee for our youth program still. Um, so uh, yeah, we we have a really good relationship. I wish we could go out sailing more together still. Yeah, exceedingly cool. professional. Um, I, I I get to work with her a lot, and uh, I always describe our our dynamic as she's the uh, school miss mistress and I'm the naughty student is sort of the way I feel like you know, I'm always pushing is that, is that why she calls you a little Johnny <laughs> <laughs> but yeah no extremely professional always prepared so that's you know. for other reasons yeah <laughs> oh anyway um, I like that spicy let's keep moving let's keep moving James uh, so it I mean the concept of putting this whole team together though like and and you know creating youth programs and doing all the the environmental work that you're doing and I know you do a bunch of volunteer work as well from what I can work out um you know that is a big thought like just coming up with that and actually conceiving of that and putting that out there is a big thought and I'm intrigued as to how at your age you actually came up with it like you were you mentored down this path or were you just a genius or what what's the scenario <laughs> genius um uh, yeah it's, it's actually a very, very good question I've, I've never really been asked that before i think um it, it's all sort of snowballed i i guess when i first came up with gentry sailing team there, there wasn't a a grand plan of we're going to have a youth program we're going to do this we're, we're going to do this this is what the, the team's going to look like it's it's kind of grown over over the last couple of years i think it's um you know it's, it's kind of a reflection of my 
passions, I guess. Um, it's it's led by me. It's driven by me, um, and and I think it reflects that. Uh, I think it has also been guided a little bit by how we're trying to make ourselves unique in in the market. For in the end of the day, we, we need to raise money to go out and and do the racing. Um, so we've spent a lot of time trying to make Gentry Sailing Team a unique program to uh, to basically go out to market and and pitch. Um, so I think although it is a reflection of me, I think also it's it's kind of evolved down uh, where we feel that the team needs to be placed. Um, and and also what we can do with this platform, we, we've got a really cool opportunity um, racing in the Amok Globe Series, which is just unbelievable class. Uh, it's gone from strength to strength. And, um, you know, we're, we're out there trying to basically make the best of this platform that we have. Um, and also one of the reasons why I didn't name it you know, James Ferreira racing or, or any of that is because I, you know, although my name is associated to it, it's, it's hopefully a team that will exist long into the future. Um, and with our youth program as well, I can, you know, maybe do two or three Vendee cycles and then pass the reins on to, to someone else and, and help manage the program, but not necessarily be the, be the skipper or the, the focal point for it. So, um, it's, it's, yeah, it's really cool. Um, it's definitely still evolving. Um, we've got some, some really cool plans ahead of us um, and, and a lot of work to do. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's a bit of a handful to manage. And that, that's why I was saying, I feel like I'm aging 10 years every year at the moment. You said 25. I feel like I'm 25 going on 50 now. <laughs> uh, you'll be right. Still younger than Jordan. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what does Gen 2 mean? Uh, so, so Gen 2 was... Um, uh, when we had our 3300 arriving in the UK, I had I was so focused on getting the boat out sailing as soon as possible, getting out training um, and finding a sailing partner. I totally forgot about all of the the real world stuff that you have to do, like registering the boat. <laughs> and um, when we were launching the boat, uh, I realized I needed to name the boat as well. And uh, I hadn't thought anything, any of this through. Uh, so anyway, I spent probably three days looking at, you know, Greek gods, different names of you know fighter jets um you know all, all sorts of things and just could not find a name that that sat um and i, I had an sb20 back in singapore when i was probably 16 that was called bandit and uh i didn't really feel like that you know i should bring the name forward to bandit 2 or anything like that and um anyway penguins are my favorite animal so i was looking at different breeds of penguin one night went down a bit of a rabbit hole and um found out that a gentoo penguin is the fastest breed of penguin oh. and uh yeah, and then thought, well, you know, Gentoo is not a, a name of boat that I've ever heard before, I don't think. Um, it's not offensive, which is a good thing. Um, yeah. It's uh, it's fairly unique, and, and there's a little bit, bit of meaning behind it. So anyway, named the boat Gentoo, and then people started to refer to us as like Team Gentoo or, you know, just Gentoo. And, um, and the name kind of stuck, and then we sort of started the brand Gentoo Sailing Team, um, and it's been that way since. Yeah, right. Well, I'm glad you cleared that up, James, because prior to the show, we're pretty big on our research and bug it if I could find the origin of Gen 2. Mm. So uh, there you go. Mm. Well, definitely on <laughs> the first two two bits when I Googled it. <laughs> <laughs> well, there is a – I think I'm there's just, some sort of Linux, Linux platform. Just, I thought it was a sponsorship through with that sort of – but yeah, anyway, it's not. It's about penguins. I've know? been – I've, I've just looked that. up uh, a thing for Gen Two, uh, Gen Two penguins, and um, it's been handed to me by my uh, my. Oh, my, your producer my helper here. My yeah, producer. right. 
Mark Disney, of course, uh, going, for, going for guest of the week. Um, he says, uh, like all penguins, Gentoos are awkward on land, but they're pure grace underwater. Oh, yes. They're streamlined bodies and strong paddle-shaped flippers that propel them up to 22 miles an hour faster than any other diving bird. There you go. Wow. Yeah. There you go. Do you, Brett, so, do you have, um, do you have so their two natural. passions listed down? What's that? Do you have their two passions listed no, down? No, what are their two well? passions? Do a bit more research because they um they love reproducing, um <laughs> and uh, and uh, and they love well yeah going fast basically. Ah, yeah. beautiful! Wow, I get it, I get it. Well done. This <laughs> is, I mean, the plot the plot thickens. Eh? Oh, it's just it's just so smooth though. Like what what's your boat named after? Oh, penguins. Oh, I love penguins. Yeah, you know, you're, mm. like, you're just you're a smooth unit. You've got it all worked out. I love it. Do you know what their two passions are? (laughs) (laughs) Don't say it. Let's talk about your boat. So the Amoka boat, um, is that the original? That's a Hugo Boss from 2007, is that right? Yeah, so Gentoo is actually the, uh, it was the first Amoka that Alex's team uh, designed and built themselves. Yeah. So, or not themselves, but um, so it's Alex's second boat. Uh, and it's actually the boat it's sort of claimed to fame as it's the boat that he used for the keel walk. Um, oh, yeah. you, you almost wouldn't recognize it now. Um, but yeah, so it's Alex's, um, unfortunately when Alex had the boat, he didn't really get very far with the, um, with the Vonday because he got crashed into before the start by a fishing boat. By the fishing trawler. Yes. Yeah. Um, mm. and, uh, and That's then French. what That's happened? French. They put it on a cradle trawler. and, and, uh, yeah. <laughs> And uh, they had delamination on the port side, basically near, near the transom. Um, so I think Alex did 24 hours of the race, uh, maybe maybe a little bit more. Um, and at the time, it was the most, I think it was the most powerful IMOCA built, basically. Um, and then it went off to, oops, sorry, um, then it went off to uh, a Hungarian skipper. Um, Yep, keep going. We can deal with all that stuff. Don't worry about it. We don't care. Um, so then uh, the boat went to, um, uh, it was called Energer for a little bit. Mm. Uh, it then went to Stefan Le Deraison, who had it as Time for Oceans. Um, and uh, and then we picked it up from from Stefan. And when Stefan had the boat, he's done a, a huge amount of work to it. So he's added the, the hydrofoils. Um, he's changed where the ballast tanks are inside. He's you know, given a much more modern kind of coach roof that's not fully enclosed, but goes all the way, mm. all the way back, basically. Um, so he's, he's done a massive amount of work and the boat, I think, is in a, it's in a re- really good place. Um, I mean, it's right. a boat that, you know, I, I'm ne- never going to be able to win an Amoco event on it. Um, but for me, as a as a 25-year-old doing my first uh, Vendee cycle, um, it's perfect. And it's it's relatively easy to manage and, and work on. Uh, compared to the new ones, I, I always kind of tell people it's a little bit like, you know, you um, open up a, a modern car and you don't know how to work on it. Um, whereas this boat's a little bit like going back 30 years where you, you open up the car and you've got everything right there and you can work on it easily. You can understand it. Um, so it's a little bit like that. I'm, I'm probably making it out to be a bit of a The, the old boat, Land Rover analogy. That's what I like to call it. Hopefully this yeah. one this one doesn't leak oil everywhere, John. <laughs> well, or spend well, much time I'd, on land. I'd love to. Um, there should be some sort of a tradition because there's a lot of Imoka boats getting around, right? On the hand, like on who the former skippers were. I'd love to 
introduce some sort of a tradition. Like, have they put their signature on the bulkhead or something? Alex was here. <laughs> Stefan was here. <laughs> I, uh, well, they, get, on, on... they get modified so often anyway. The, those yeah. bulkheads probably get cut out. So. <laughs> Yeah. Um, no, we we have no no names from from when Alex sailed the boat, other than uh, yeah. Actually, to be honest, the boat's changed so much since since he's had mm. it. There's probably very very little boat still remaining. Um, but um, yeah, no, it's 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 an amazing boat. Um, I I absolutely love going out sailing on it. It's a, it's a total pleasure. We're going to get Brett out on it very soon, I think. Um, and uh, yeah, that's it's just an incredible class at the moment. You you. You know, you're seeing so many new boats being built. Um, the the older boats are still in the right conditions. They're still quite competitive. Mm -hmm. um, in the Route de Rum, I think for 30 hours, um, or, you know, Gen 2 and I were the, the fastest boat for a 24-hour period um, during the Route de Rum, which is a 13-and-a-half-day race. So, you know, there's there's definitely there's definitely performance still in there. Um, and uh, it's, you know, it's just a reliable, solid boat that hopefully will get me around in one piece. Um in this next time and then we can sort of transition and use all that knowledge and, and use all that experience that we've gained on this boat and put it towards uh, either designing building a new boat for ourselves or or picking up a, a later generation one i, think, yeah. I noticed um you're, you're based down at haslar marina um yeah. where alex thompson racing is do you work alongside them a lot or that you're just one of the campaigns down there like you're Obviously, he's got plenty of action going down there with his few teams. Yeah, uh, um, we're we're very separate. Um, I mean, I think naturally because we're working out of the same marinas and we're you know teams competing in the same circuit. Um, you know, I, I know most of the guys and girls that are working on both the programs that he's running out of there. Um, but in terms of kind of day to day running of the of the program, there's there's very little overlap. Um, Alex, though, he's, he's been, you know, I, I'd consider him one of my mentors. Um, he's, you know, I probably wouldn't be here um, if I didn't get the opportunity to go out and sail with him for three months. Um, mm. So, you know, super thankful for that. And he's also someone, you know, on, on the end of the phone that I can call and ask how he manages this or how he's dealt with that in the past. Uh, and, you know, they've got what, 20 years of experience in the Amoka class. So it's, it's a kind of a, a wealth of knowledge to... Um, you know, tap into when it's appropriate. Um, so, uh, so yeah, but it's, it's phenomenal what he's doing now. Uh, it's, it's unbelievable running the two, two Amoka programs out here. I think soon, I think Lossy Town, unfortunately, is going to be heading back to France. So we're not going to see so much of them. Um, but we're, uh, we're on the same pontoon, literally as the, as the Canadian boat. So yep. we see, see them a lot. Good old, uh, good old Scottish the, Canada, the Canadians, Canadians walking down in their, uh, Wood choppers tops. <laughs> I love I love Canadian. And seal clubs. I love Canadian <laughs> t-shirts on. Um, it must be you must be uh, old Stefan. You know he's done you well. Like he's done a power of work on that boat. So um, it's that it sounds like he's a good man to have around. And uh, you two are sailing together this year. Yeah. So I um, well, basically the Amok circuit. Every every other year we get more double-handed races and then every other year uh we get you know it's all solo racing so this year double-handed season um and before we entered this year my decision was kind of do i go with someone who is going to race profile as a team um do i go with someone who is you know incredibly experienced in a different area than i am 
Um, do I go with someone who is, you know, could be a little bit of a um, diamond in the rough. Uh, so maybe doesn't have so much experience on the eye mockers, but is, you know, can bring a huge amount of knowledge from other areas of the sport. Um, or do I go with someone who know the, knows the boat incredibly well? And for me, this next year is the, the Vendée year. Um, so it's, it's so important that I learn the boat. Um, I learn how to kind of, uh, you know, learn what to look out for. Um, Stefan's had it for seven years, so he knows what breaks and when, um, he knows everyone in the Amoka circuit because he's been in there for so long. Um, he knows you know, exactly what's happened to the boat in the past. So he, he seemed like a, a really good fit where, uh, he knows how to make the boat perform. Um, but he also knows the boat inside and out. Um, and for, for me that, that was really important. And we, we get along extremely well. Uh, we spent a little bit of time when we were hand, handing over the boat in, in Lorio actually a couple of years ago. Um, and, uh, and yeah, he's, he's come board and joined us and we've, we've had a great time so far. There's a little bit of a language barrier at times, but mm. that, um, makes it ask how do, do, you interesting. Pa- do you palais-vous the Francais or, um, <laughs> no, I wish <laughs> I, um, I, I know a little bit, I, I can get around, um, but our, our tongue on board the boat is English. So it's quite funny if, uh, you know, we round a mark and I, I want to go straight. Um, and Stefan also wants to go straight, but we get in this, this little disagreement for a little bit because he thinks that I want to drive out or something. Um, and, uh, yeah, there's, there's usually a couple of moments of kind of not really knowing what the other person wants. Um, you have to get a whiteboarding in the cockpit. Yeah. Yeah, diagrams. We, it's funny you say that we actually have just mounted one. <laughs> <laughs> actually, you could just get the magnetic bugs. The magnetic, little magnetic <laughs> <Yeah>. stickers. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but no, it's yeah it's all awesome sailing with him um so yeah well obviously you've just done the fast net um and you've got what have we got coming up the the defiers moot that that a regatta yep. that's coming up that's this month isn't it that'll be this month and then yeah so we're we're, we're heading off to that in 12 days 12 um, days yep yeah and then we got the trans shack Fab. Uh, in November, which is the main the main event of the season, you're doing that. Yeah, we'll be there. Perfect. Um, and and then we've got uh, Retoil Abbas after after that, which is actually a, a Vendée qualifier. So okay, um, it's 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 quite interesting. Our, our season with the Amokers really kicks off in kind of September time. Um, so summer is usually fairly quiet, uh, with the exception of events like Fastnet. Um, but all the big big events happen at the end of the year, so all, all the big transats and um. You know, the the Defi Azimut for me is probably one of my favorite Amok events. Um, it's it's five days of racing and the the first day is just speed runs. So they yep. set a one mile course mm. and you just do that as as quickly as possible. And it's you know in in good conditions, it's the biggest spectacle on the planet. Obviously, I'm a little bit biased, but you know you're seeing these boats, some of them fully foiling now, um, going at 35, 36, 37, 38 knots. Uh, it's just unbelievable. E- even while you're competing, watching the other boats is is incredible. And um, we do that fully crewed. So it's a great opportunity to take guests out sailing with us, yeah. um, sponsors out sailing with us, potential partners coming out sailing with us. Um, and then once we finish that, we get back to the dock, we have a prize giving, and then it's straight into preparing for the next day, which is a 48-hour double-handed race this year. And then uh, 2024 is a 48-hour solo race. Um so I'll be racing with Stefan and then we'll have an onboard reporter um, with us. And um, that's basically a, a little lap around the Bay of Biscay, triangle mm-hmm. of course. 
And then um, as soon as we finish that prize giving, then we get into uh, preparing for the the final day, which is a coastal race. So it's a, a Tour de Gua, um, which is, uh, again, a fully crewed kind of round the island race, which takes sort of three hours, four hours. Um, so, yeah, that's that's one of my favorite events coming up. Um, and then, yeah, the the big ones, the TJV and and then the Retour Alabaster. Uh, and on, when did you say you're heading heading down? Twelve days. We're going to head down for the for the Defi on the fifteenth of September. Aye, yeah, cool. um, yeah. And then, uh, yeah, everything kind of ramps up after that. The, the TJV is, like you said, it's uh, one of the probably the bigger events on the calendar. That yeah. and the Rue de Rum, uh, and obviously the Vendée. So we we've done a huge amount of work for for that race, um, even now, um, and that's kind of our our big focus. And then. Um, the Retroil of Us is going to be a, a pretty important one to get across the start line and the finish line. Yep. Um, get your qualification yeah. in. Yep. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's um, obviously you can qualify in different ways, but that's your path. Is there any, is there any fallback if, I hate to say, if something did go wrong? Yeah. So if we, um, basically, if, if we finish the TJV uh, and for whatever reason, the boat arrives in Martinique in, in bits and I, can't start the Retroil Abbas. Um, I will get half of the TJV miles put towards my Vendée qualification. Right. Um, uh, yeah. So yeah. that's kind of a, a bit of a safety net. Um, but obviously, you, you know, you've got to finish the TJV. Uh, and then next year, we've got two Transatlantics, which are both qualifiers. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're, they're both solo. And, um, you know, as on paper, as long as I start one of them, um, and finish one, uh, then we've we've qualified for the for the Monday. So mm-hmm. um, we're in a, a really good place. Um, I've got quite a lot of confidence in in how we've worked it over the last couple of years um, and sort of our, our plan going forward. But you know, there's one thing finishing it, but for me, it's it's so important that I just get as much time on the boat as possible, as much time racing the boat as possible, um, and as much time competing against the other other boats as possible because you know, I'm still young um, and this is my second year of racing in the boat, so. It's still, I feel comfortable with the boat, but it's still fairly new. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a good chance to, to get out and build some miles up. With Just you. on on the qualification stuff, what's the, um, there's 40 slots for the Vondo now, right? It's gone up from 30 to 40. Yep. Who, miss, who misses out? Or is it almost open slather? Um, so... Basically, on on paper, you, you need to qualify um, by starting X number Doing of the races miles and fin- stuff. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, where it gets tricky is right now. There's 47 boats in the Amok class mm. um, that are active or pretty active. Um, no one is doing an Amok campaign um, to not go off and do the Vendée. Yeah, uh, or at least at least that's my understanding at the moment. Um, so we've got 47 potential people trying to get 40 spots. And uh, what then it falls back to, if let's say there are 47 people with budget, with a boat, you know, in one piece, um, trying to get to the start of the Bondi, uh, sort of in October next year, uh, then what it comes down to is how many miles you've done in the Globe Series. Uh, and a little, and a little brown years. paper bag to hand over to the girls. <laughs> <you> know, like, <laughs> <laughs> no, just jokes. <laughs> It's actually um, uh, black paperback, yeah. but um, <laughs> and there's a bit of Tonya Harding type uh, arrangement going yeah. on too. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, keep it clean. Um, no, no. So, that's, so it is. It is an issue, isn't it? It's there's seven seven places uh, that that seven people are going to miss out. 
Yeah, and I, you know, I would be surprised if we find ourselves in a position where there are 47 boats able to get to the start line um you know you've got other teams out there which currently don't have a budget to get through until the you know the end of this year um you've got teams that you know well one boat just fell off its cradle uh, a couple weeks ago um down in spain actually i think um and uh you know you will have instances like that Mm. coming up in in 2024 which which stop people from being able to compete naturally So I, I watch the fishing boats yeah. for the non-Frenchies. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Just think about yeah. that though, guys. Like forty-seven. I know. Boats, I'm sitting here thinking. Footers. I know. And and when you start looking at the real sharp end of the fleet, mm. there's a lot of hardware out there. Yeah. Holy shit! Yeah. It's unreal. It's it's. Uh, I am like again a little bit biased, but it is just the most incredible class at the moment. Where you have yeah. you have almost 50, 60 foot. I've got a suggestion. I've got a suggestion here to make them a bit better. Oh yeah. <laughs> Let's hear it. <laughs> oh no, no, we'll wait. We'll wait. Oh come on. <laughs> oh is it is it swap the mast supplier across? Oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> Because I hear. Right, let's not get into this. Speaking of, uh, you know, doing that, you mentioned the onboard reporter. Have you considered Brett Perry as your onboard reporter? Because the man is fluent in English, Spanish, and French with absolutely no accent whatsoever. Uh, I know you don't do French, but let's just pretend for the moment. But zero accent. He'd be brilliant. You could do it in so many languages. Mate, I can- I can barely turn a computer on. Oh, and and I've also discovered Brett's um Brett's talent for for music and singing. So um oh, yeah. he'd be a, a source oh, of entertainment as well. He'd be able to take his guitar, <laughs> yeah, sing a few songs <laughs> under the moonlight. <laughs> well, I, I mean, James, you know, like you've sort of, as you said, you started in Singapore, you started racing dinghies, right? You thought, oh yeah, you know that double-handed Olympic thing. We we were into it. We loved it. We wanted it to happen. Um. And now you sort of ended up, you know, with a big sixty-foot boat racing across the oceans. Do you like it? Yeah, I absolutely love it. Um, there's a bit, bit of a pause there. That's not not because I don't, but um, I do love it. But it's, it's it's hard work. Um, and uh, I was joking about aging ten years every year, but it is. Um, well, Brett's seen it at times. Uh, Brett Brett's been staying with me a little bit, and um, you know, I'll be up from. 7.30 in the morning and I'll, I'll work through until midnight, one in the morning sometimes. Um, and that's, you know, maybe doesn't happen five days a week, but it happens probably three or four times a week. Um, my weekends are, you know, filled with working. Um, and uh, it's, it, it is tough, um, but it's equally as rewarding as well. Uh, I get so much pleasure by going out and racing on, on these unmockers and um, being surrounded by the team that we have and, being able to do things like the youth program um so it is uh it is incredible but it's not you know it's not an easy easy ride and you know you don't just get handed the keys to an amoka 60 and go out and you can just focus on the sailing um the sailing part is is actually uh, kind of this stage in a team a, a very small part of it um so yeah I, I i do love it it's been uh it's been incredible i'm just on your uh, sponsorship page of your website uh, do you want to give your sponsors a bit of a plug and kind of get it out there to everyone how they could uh, maybe check it out also? 
before before yeah. you do that, before you do that, James, but, um, yep. I would like to just actually touch on this because this is a big part of what he's working on. I, I I did stay with James for a bit, and the amount of work that goes into this this is the part that really really matters. So James, yeah, get, go for it, mate. Yeah, um, well, we've got you know we've got a a group of really amazing partners, um, some of which have been with Gentoo Sailing Team from uh, when we were doing double handed stuff. So I've kind of seen the the highs and lows of everything. Um, but uh, yeah, m- massive thank you to to all of them. Uh, obviously, I wouldn't be sat here doing this um, without them. We're still we're still looking for some uh, some more partners to come on board, particularly kind of uh, big commercial partners um, who can help uh, effectively fund the program. Um, and um, you know, I think we're doing some amazing things as a team. We're we're quite unique. We're youngest skipper in the class. Um, hopefully, youngest skipper in the in the next one day. Um, but also doing all the environmental and, and youth stuff and, um, you know, passionate about all the data and, and technology going on. So it's it's a perfect, um, you know, it's a perfect platform to do any R&D. Um, it's a perfect platform to align your brand. Um, it's a perfect platform to, uh, you know, engage with internally within your staff or, or externally with clients. Um, so, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, <laughs> come on board. There's some opportunities there. So gentoosailingteam.co.uk, check it out. There's the sponsorship bit. There's uh, your core values, the one pager about the team. Um, so, yeah, anyone out there who's keen, check it out. Hey, um, Good stuff. I just, my, my producer just passed me over the uh, the bronze, oh. silver, and gold uh, member uh, things, which you can do as a private person. You can uh, join up the team to support the team. And he's Ooh. given me the bronze member benefits. The bronze um, member <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so I think we. Should... <laughs> anyway, you get a membership certificate, <laughs> a monthly team update, Gentoo pin badge, a Gentoo mug, um, a Gentoo penguin cuddly toy. Where's my yeah. cuddly toy? <laughs> We've got one on board. Actually. Member event invitations and ten percent off boost, boot, uh, base camp food. So it, you know the general public can get involved here and get and become a, a a support of the project. Is that correct? Yeah, absolutely. And you know we're we're trying to encourage people to get um, get behind the team and and try and build up this little community of, of businesses and and individuals who are supporting the program. Um, again, it's it's you know, such an exciting place to be, and uh, we've had some really great success with with getting people on board, um, bring them out sailing, and having a good time. I'd suggest just going straight for the gold member, Bicey. Oh, the gold member, 100%. I knew that was coming. <laughs> I knew that was coming. Just waiting for you two idiots to do it. I was sitting there going, well, it's obvious, but I'm not going to do it. <laughs> it's good, it's, isn't it? It's, um, I mean, it, I'm sure you'll get from the show, you'll get people jumping on board because the boat looks cool, you know, like, and um, there's there's plenty going on. Like, you've got a bit, bit of sailing that's happening. So, and you've got, if people get onto the team early, you know, it's a long ride. They can have a long ride with you for the future, yeah, which is going to be um, one of the important things. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it's cool. I think it's real cool. Yeah, uh, give it a crack. Yeah, give it a crack. Is there um, – if you oh, – I've got a couple of questions here, but first off, when you're looking at the fleet, which boat outside yours do you, do you like the most? Um. We, we were actually having a chat amongst the team uh, the other day about kind of where we would move forward from this next Bondi cycle. And the, the big decision is, do you go off and design and build a brand new boat um, mm-hmm. and bear all the, you know, 
hard work, experience, uh, cost, um, everything involved in that? Or do we get a existing boat um, that's new as of sort of 2023 um, and roll with that, get me on the water on it as quickly as possible um, and kind of probably be able to push that boat harder than than a brand new one, at least for the first first year or two. Um, so as part of that discussion, we were talking about the existing boats in the fleet and which ones uh, which ones look the most promising um, because also, you know, all these boats are uh, not for sale right now, um, but you need to start getting your hand in there um, early because they will disappear as soon as the, the next one is done. So we were looking at the Archipaprek boat. Um, Jon Richom's boat is, uh, you know, it's brand new out the box um, and is already, uh, you know, I think they, well, they were second place in the Fastnet race or yeah, mm. they're right up there. Um, I think it's got kind of everything that I would want on a boat. Um, Yon is incredibly experienced, um, and he's kind of been there, done that with with everything. And so I have no doubt that he's designed that boat in in a really good way. Uh, not necessarily just from the performance, but also kind of you know ergonomically how it is, um, how, how comfortable it is. Um, they're not very comfortable boats, but. Um, all these things and they, they do make a massive difference and there, there have been boats in the past that might have been quick but you just you almost can't live on them um, and uh, so that's definitely a boat we'll be keeping our eyes on um, I think uh, the new Chiral as well is going to be an interesting one to follow mm. um, I you know it's, it's pretty different from most of the other new new boats that have come out uh, so yeah it's um, you know there's so much choice at the moment um, and I you know I think what makes the Amoka class so exciting is that there's not a cookie cutter boat, which is perfect for the Amoka Globe series and the Vendée Globe. Um, so, you know, you've got all these different designs coming out, all these different, you know, foil shapes, everything. And um, although the performance in the boats are quite similar, um, we're still finding, you know, massive amounts of performance in, in some areas with some boats, other areas with other boats. Uh, I think the Ocean Race is a perfect display of that. Um, so yeah, it'll be, um, it's, it's really, really interesting to keep your eyes out too. And, and I think how I sail the boat as well is makes an impact mm. on the boat that we want. Um, because each, each individual sails the boat differently and some mm. boats, uh, kind of, you know, suit a more aggressive sailor. Um, some boats suit a more kind of, um, set your boat up in a forgiving way type sailor. Uh, so yeah, it's, uh, it's a big question. Do you reckon, um, and this is a, I haven't sailed this kind of era boat, but the the performances um, actually went over the finish line are quite close, but the difference performance at different angles is a big, big difference. But the fact is you can't actually sail at 100% full chat all the time. So that actually evens things up as well. Or am I... Yeah. Yeah, is that an element? Um, I think what's, you know, a really interesting way to look at it is, um, you know, the average speed in a Vendée is what, 13, 14 knots or something. Um, mm -hmm. you know, it's not, it's not anything crazy. Um, so do you build a boat that can get up to 13 knots really quickly? Um, yeah. and so can be the first boat to hit that speed, for example, um, and a boat that will just stay at 14 knots for, for the entire race. Um, mm. you know, that, that is, that's a very extreme example that I'm giving, but, um, you know, could that be a, a really fast direction to go down um so you you know you might have the slowest and not particularly exciting boat if you go off and line up on the you know one mile uh drag race in the defi azimut but 
uh, if your sole purpose is to try and win the Vendée Globe, that that might be a, you know, might be an option. <laughs> Are we seeing that with Jean Lacan? That's a very good question. Possibly, um, and I mean, you know, you look at the videos in the in the ocean race of the guys in the Southern Ocean. They're foiling at times, um, but as much as they're foiling, they're also, you know, nose diving a meter deep into the cold water. Um, mm. Do you want a boat that can sail a better VMG angle and, um, you know, keep its nose up and just yeah, m make it through, make it to the finish? Um, as opposed to a boat that's going to break the people inside it um, and itself to pieces. Um, uh, going I, from, going I from don't think there's an answer. Going from 38 knots to uh, four knots is probably not fun. Mm. We know that. From <laughs> our friend Abiella, who put herself through the front bulkhead, and, and Rosalind for that matter. Mm. I've, I've actually been been telling people that I think um, the IMOCA class, and uh, I'm a bit ner nervous saying this publicly, but... Um, I think it'll be interesting over this next Bondi cycle uh, because I think we are now getting to the point where the boats are so brutal. Um, we're going to start seeing injuries to, to people from just the forces in the boat, um, you know, not yeah. from hitting stuff necessarily or, or any of that, but just, you know, the G forces involved in sailing, mm. um, sailing these boats. And it, it might be a, uh, a kind of a, a point where the class needs to step in and go, right, we, we need to find ways to make these boats more, friendly for people to live on them um because you know you can build the fastest boat um to get around the world but if it has to be sailed by someone um so you know you have to bear that in mind and um i don't know if we're getting to a point now where the boats are just so violent and so fast um that you know we're going to start seeing other issues come up we, we proposed yeah. a solution to that to the class about five or six years ago we worked it out i'm sure i'm sure that's it, right yeah Take the take all rigs off, put some outboards on the back. <laughs> Just go cruising around the med. There you go. Uh, I say pick, pick up golf. It's cheaper as well. Sit up, sit under a tree. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. BP does that at the end of every race. Um, yep. What about if you're not sailing? What do you do, mate? Do you have anything outside the sport? Um. <laughs> yeah, I um. I mean, I, I love going and hanging out with friends. I've got a bunch of friends that aren't, you know, aren't sailors. Um, so spending a lot of time with them and, and not talking about sailing um, is, is quite nice. Uh, I love a bit of paddleboarding. You, you um, should join our other podcasts about golf. <laughs> <laughs> I've da dabbled a little bit with golf. Yeah, um, uh, but yeah, no, just spending time by the water, um, seeing family. I'm not, I'm not going to lie. I, I don't have a huge amount of time outside of, Gentoo sailing team. Um, you know, my life is pretty one-dimensional at the moment. Uh, hopefully, that'll change. Um, I wouldn't mind picking up more golf. <laughs> nah, blow it off. Um, stick to the sailing. Have more stuff fun. That. Stuff that. Uh, what I love about non-sailing friends is when you tell them you go sailing, they go, "Oh, I wouldn't mind coming out for a yacht." Can you imagine taking them on your boat, like, and just yeah. Oh. You just bring the champagne. <laughs> <You'll be fine. laughs> Make sure you get the chicken pre-cut because I don't have any knives. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you can get them cut into eight these days. You know that. <laughs> uh, oh, I love it. Cool. Um, all right, mate. We were sort of out of time, but I just want to ask quickly. You know, like, how do you see the future going? You'll make the Vendée. You're doing the 24 Vendée, um, and you've got it. Sort of steps up and up. That's basically the plan, and you're just going to keep going this the long term. 
Yeah, I think so. I um, yeah, like you said, you know, it's it's do do this twenty twenty four Vendee, uh, take all the experience and, and learnings from it, and then put that towards a, a newer boat um, or a brand new boat, uh, and try and try and win the race. Uh, my my goal is to to be the first non French person to win the race. Um, we've had many people attempt it before um, unsuccessfully, mm. um, and uh, and also be the the youngest winner of the race as well. So hopefully we can we can put all that together for for twenty twenty eight. It's a it's a really big big goal um and uh, definitely not an easy one but we've we've sort of set our set our sights on on that at least um and uh, and keep doing what we're doing with the youth program keep building that every year um keep sailing cool boats as part of it um and keep doing a, a lot of the environmental stuff as well so yeah it's uh, we've got a lot on our hands um and a lot of growing to do i think as a team but uh Mate, you, you know what i say just bite off more than you chew and chew like fuck no yeah. worries. You, you're certainly doing that. James. You're certainly doing that. Oh, it's great to see. Absolutely, Jones. Um, you know, it's been great to catch up with you in my time in Hamble, and um, I'm, I'm really, really impressed, and I'm, I'm sure that uh, it'll all, all work out. So, and good, good, good luck, good luck as um as the OBR BP. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, do a, we'll do a live cross, eh? Uh, take it, yeah, take your recording kit. What, All right. Watch this space. Watch this space, Bicey. No, but uh, for potential sponsors out there, let's get on board this uh, and give this a crack. I think uh, there's there's opportunities, and I'm all, I'm all for it. Good on you, Jones. Legends. Well, that, thank you so much for for having me. Um, yeah, it's been an absolute pleasure. No, absolute eye opener too, James. Best of luck, and uh, yeah, we'll be keeping a close eye on it. Awesome. Thank you, guys. I've got to say, after um, being lucky enough to spend some time with James over the last couple of weeks, the ed- the dedication and effort that goes into this has been the biggest standout. It's it's not just having a boat and going sailing. I mean, we know that there's a lot to it, and Bicey, you, 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 know, oh, you guys have yeah, been through a lot of this. Yeah, the business side as well, yeah. But For this sure. is, you know, this is a this is a guy doing it on his own. He's twenty five. Um, it's been a thing going for a few years now. He's starting to realise the dream, but he's also starting to realise how hard it is. So I think, uh, you know, we've got to try and get on board with these guys and help them as much as possible. And just wow, what a, what a fantastic! They're very switched team. on young man. How old are we? Jesus, yeah, switched on young man. <laughs> I thought you were going to say how not switched yeah. on are we? Yeah, no, I took it that way too. But both ways, it's yeah. good. It's true. Yeah, no, he is. He is, but down to earth as well. You know, like you know, some of these guys, you sort of they they, they put themselves on a pedestal, but he's um, he's just uh, he's just a normal yep. guy doing a normal thing and taking it on. Yeah, I like it. Very cool. You know, if you're gonna go to see and do you know these events, um, what would be really smart? You know, like doing these trans, you know, with the 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 transat Jacques Fab. You know, you've got to load the boat up, put all the food on, uh, and all the the freeze ride gear is obviously the um, our sponsor Radix Nutrition is a perfect match oh, in this situation. You know, um, if you are about to go and do some offshore regattas, you know you can get that sort of uh, nutritionally balanced uh, meal. You can get your keto meals. You can do all sorts of different sort of combinations. But at least you know you're getting the right gear going down, so you're going to have better performance, which is I think you know the the no brainer. I'm going to make it. I'm going to make a suggestion for Radix after being in Italy that they do an Italian-inspired um, meal, Ooh. either ham and cheese or cheese and ham. <laughs> That'll be perfect. <laughs> <Which> one or either. 
<laughs> oh, you're on fire today, yeah. Mikey. It's good. Yeah, you are on fire today. More internet's working for you. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, no, the, on the other hand, if you, On the other hand, with Radix, if you're uh, if you just uh, you know you're not going to see, you can still have it for normal breakfast. Yeah, yeah. or, or I mean, at the club. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah, just jump on to radixnutrition.com um, or .com.au either way, and then uh, use the the Barcarati, um discount code. So just. One word, bar karate, and uh, yeah, you get ten percent off every every purchase. Happy days, and um, yeah, that's bar karate. Just returning the favour to our listeners, uh, and hopefully you get some real value f- from it. And if you want, you can share any ideas or comments about it. But I think most people are enjoying it. I've got some of it stacked in the cupboard now. It's it's become part of my life. Um, yeah, so get on it. Get on it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. <laughs> Okay, club events. Now, this is sort of – there's a bit going on here, boys, and I think um, I've got a great email. So this is going to be a sort of double up, but we'll start it as club events. I do – is that the gardener in the background there, boys? I'm just getting my room attended to. Yeah. <laughs> oh, don't don't go in that area. Oh, well, hang on. <laughs> Carry on. <laughs> okay. Um, so we uh, – but. We've got an email. Obviously, we hear a lot about events for emails, but one of the events that is coming up is something we've wanted to do for ages is talk about the the scow sailing that goes on in the US. Yes. Um, Now, the e-scow is celebrating 100 years of sailing uh, this year, right now, and they've been having a bunch of events, but now the Nationals are going to be held September 6 to 10 at Mendota Yacht Club in Madison, Wisconsin. Uh, obviously right next to uh, the home of Harkin. Um, so the thing about this regatta, it could be um, a record breaker in terms of the numbers for the One Design single fleet race with over 120 bets registered already. Uh, it could go past the 99 Escal event um, at Lake Mendota where they had 130 boats racing. But I've been, you know, it's funny we got this email this week because I've been looking at these bloody things on, on the internet Um watching a bit of e-scow stuff on the video, you know, on YouTube. And, oh, they're cool. They're super cool. Mm. Uh, and we really have... It's kind of... They're kind of like a cross between a what? Almost a star and a rainbow. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> oh, dear. It's just... It's endless. It's endless. I love it. I love it. Okay. Um, now, so... That's the event. Uh, the J-Class Worlds have been announced for 24 are going to be in Barcelona around where the America's Cup's going. Who'd have thought? Oh, how about that? How about, who would have thought mm, that? Who'd Fancy have thought? that. And I'm, I'm guessing next there'll be some sort of super yacht regatta announced. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. likely. It's crazy, this, the way this yachting stuff works. Ooh, yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so... So a few little regattas coming up, which uh, so if you you want to get to the cup, then maybe start sailing a J or a super yacht or one of those things. Put your hand up and that'll be good. Right, now, boys, we've been teasing for a couple of weeks our, mm-hmm. our special um, Jack Lloyd Listener of the Week um, deal we've done. Right. So here's how it's going to break down. We have signed a sponsorship deal. We've signed up for about a month with a, a sponsor. But the deal for you guys is for 12 months. So we actually, we did the deal for 12 months for our listeners, right? And that sponsor that we can now proudly announce uh, is Vicopi. Drum roll, please. Drum roll. Oh, yeah. okay. oh sir. Yeah. Did I just speak right over the top of that? 
<laughs> so again, Jordan. You're so good at this shit, man. Vicobi. Right. So Vicobi, um, uh, we're long-time friends with these people, uh, the the crew from Vicobi. In fact, I think you'll be on the piss with the owner in, in a week or so. Boss is what I understand. Um, but Purely professional relationship. Professional relationship. Thank you very much. Yeah. Yep. One of our favourite people. And obviously we get on with a lot of people in the industry and, and we sort of were reticent to step on the industry and, and cut people out. But um, the reason we've jumped in with Vicobi is they've come out with a couple of unique things. Obviously we've got relationships across all the brands, um, but we've you know for me, uh, I'm pretty committed to the Vicobi stuff. I wear a lot of their stuff, use a lot of stuff. But what they've started doing is bringing out a couple of things. So they've brought out their new hiker um, uh, force suit so uh a hiker force suit which is their hiking pants right and these have been designed with brett bayer um so brett bayer mm-hmm. is the multi-laser world champ in the masters i think uh, a very talented sailor good coach uh and he puts a lot of thought into things he's very analytical um picked up a pair of these uh had a few um do they have a um like a little like those lululemon pants with a pocket in the side so you can put your banana when you're sailing your laser (laughs) you know what they do have and it's very clever so you know like so proper hiking pants i've never had to have hiking pants before because i've always been on trapeze but um they got the hiking pants but they've got this little uh lap uh this thing around your stomach this velcro thing so instead of your pants you know, you've got the straps over the top, but your pants, when you're sort of walking around, they don't fall down. So they're actually fantastic, you know. They're, they're a great hiking pant. You can adjust, you can cut the legs to different lengths, what you want. So they've got sort of um, stiff, the Ooh, stitching's perfect. fine, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. uh, all the way up and down the leg. So you can you can set the leg length to how you want. So that's perfect. And the other thing that they've done is the, um, uh, they've brought out is their new trapeze harness. And the reason we wanted to mention this one, the Torque QR trapeze harness, it's um, World Sailing's trying to bring in this quick-release harness scenario and the QR in the Torque QR trapeze harness stands for quick-release. So Vicobi have just said, you know, we're not going to wait around anymore for people to, to rule it. So this new trapeze harness is designed to quick-release. So if something goes wrong, you can fire um, your hook and you're safe, you know, so no one's going to drown. And Vicobi have put a lot of time and thought into it and – They've stepped out onto the market and they're doing that. So we wanted to sign up with them because someone's life could be saved is, is the way we viewed it. It's a great product. Um, they're great people. We love dealing with them. Uh, their uh, sun shirts I wear religiously. They're the most comfortable shirt um, they've got. They're the, their performance uh, tech tees they have. Just fantastic. Uh, uh, I wear them all the time. Uh, but they've got a whole range of stuff, all their technical gear. They're, most people I came – you and I, Bicey um, – used them with our paddling but now of course they're actually sailors originally um so they're sailing um sailing background and now you know they are they started selling stuff in the paddling world but now here we are with the full range of sailing gear so very happy to suggest if you go to the vicobi website v-a-i-k-o-b-i.com and guess what you put in bar karate, it's the discount code. What? Get yes! out. Yes. Not only do you get discount to win 200 for the bucks. listeners. But uh, so t- like today's it. the start of the uh, the countdown for, so start of September is the countdown for the, the award. Every month we'll be giving away a listener of the week, 200 buck voucher. But uh, if you want, you can get a discount as well. So the listeners, it's just going well. Yeah. 
our, the girls out the back are going to be busy bloody going through all the emails. Yes. <laughs> it's busy. Yeah, no, it's good. So anyway, there you go. Just thought I'd mention that. Um, so, And the reason I wanted to bring that in before is because we're going to call it the Vicobi Jack Lloyd Listener of the Week. Uh, I hope Jack doesn't mind. Uh, he'd, be, he'd get on quite well with Pat. In fact, I think he knows Pat quite well. Actually, Director Mundo, yeah, yeah. Jack Lloyd and uh, Pat Langley, they do know each other. So, um, yeah, Jack would be very happy with this. And big shout out to Pat for helping make this happen. And uh, I look forward to getting on the piss, uh, having a professional chat <laughs> with you in the next couple of weeks. Okay. <laughs> right. So we got this great email from a bloke called Bill Goggins. For those who don't know, he's the CEO of Harkin. Um, I actually got an email from Alistair Murray this week as well. So uh, both of the boys... <laughs> How about that? Yeah. They, they, they run in tandems, don't they? <laughs> they do. Um, uh, we get on great. So Bill's a fantastic bloke as well. Uh, I hope this night... Note finds you guys well. We've had an epic summer in the US Inland Lake Sailing World this year. We've been celebrating the 100th anniversary of the e-scout class, so back to that regatta. And things culminate next week in the Madison, Wisconsin, the original birthplace of Harkin, where over 120 boats will line up together to celebrate. Uh, plenty to share post-regatta, but it should be a blast. This is a little bit of a piece that was published uh, this week, which and the global community of Barkaratians needs to know. Oh, he's throwing that back at us. But anyway... So, Bill, I really appreciate you reaching out and sharing that. We're mad for it, mate. And, um, yeah, um, we'll be looking forward to some more stories. Anything you boys want to say? Um, about Bill or about Any- the other one that we've got here? Go the other one. I love this other one. <laughs> so... We've got uh, one here from Mike Khalil who sent us uh, – we've had quite a few comms from him over the we past. Love, yeah, Mike's yeah. a great um, man. He's doing good. In in regards to um, – The world's highest yacht club, I think it is. Specifically the Dillon Yacht Club. Yeah. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. from memory. From memory. Um, and they had a regatta which can be, best be explained as possibly the greatest regatta they've ever had um, <laughs> in regards to – the day sailings, the multiple day sailings they had, the course set up. Um, there was limited um, oscillations. Well, there was oscillations, but limited um, course changes needed. It was just perfect and the best they've seen. So, going into the regatta, it was looking like it wasn't going to be a regatta at all. So they were all going, oh, this is going to be too much wind. And But it panned out for them. And not to mention some of the great shots that he did send through. And I'm just scrolling through it now, gents. And uh, we've got some beautiful shots, and yep. you can almost see, almost see the moon. That's how high this place is. Yeah, yeah. Um, on cool. this shot, but um, there's some great shots. And um, what am I seeing here? Melger's twenty four, absolutely having a nice little little wipeout. And then, of course, shot, isn't it? the next shot is yep. Mike has gone out and made himself a Barkerati Sailing Podcast banner, which he has uh, put up behind the bar at the yacht club. So good on you, Mike. We love that sort of stuff. And then, of course, the next one is uh, uh, his crew performing a bit of bark ratty whilst having said beverages. I love it. So, so good it, on you, Mike. It's so just to confirm, it brings a tear to your eye, doesn't it? Eh? Just to confirm, mm. our banner, Bark Ratty, the Sailing Podcast, is on the wall in the bar of the world's highest yacht club. Yeah, correct. <laughs> it's it's pretty close to the moon. I love it. I love it. I love it. It's just beautiful. So, Mike is, uh, I mean, that's a pretty tough ask to beat Mike or Bill coming in, you know, for the listener of the week. 
it, of the it's month. It's going to be tough, isn't the it? Month it is. It's, it's going to be tough one. at the end of each month because we're going to start getting a, a, a rush of this oh, sort of stuff yeah, happening. Absolutely. And, um, I mean, the we might have to hire on. a separate panel to, to to choose it, so it's not biased. We might need some producers behind us to help. Yeah, yeah Mark, correct. Yeah. Do you want to be the decider? <laughs> uh, we also got a little Just thumbs uh, up. So we've got our we've got our official judge. Yep. Okay. Cool. Uh, we that also means got... you can't win it. <laughs> We got uh, a photo sent in from Robbie Tuck down in Tassie, uh, Tucky in Tassie, and uh, somebody ah. doing to the coach boat out on the water in the Derwent. They're um, doing a bit of bark riding, so that's good. So sharing that. But, uh, yeah, happy days. So big times. Lots happening with the old bark karate. And really importantly... Ole, 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 ole. It's hot time with bikes. <laughs> Yeah, oh, yeah. I was, I was doing a bit of a jig. My uh, the gardener was having a bit of a laugh at me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, boys, what are we? Ripped off, especially when you ripped off your pants. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's why it was on the floor. Anyway, um, yeah. So, well, as we know, boys, and uh, next week I'll be able to report in and on on the Maxi Worlds, which I'm currently at, yep. which all kicks off tomorrow. Um, and I've got to say great amount of teams here it's been a bit of i wouldn't less teams in the last few years but some very high caliber racing teams so it's going to be some good racing going to get a little fruity in the middle of the week so uh stand by and check all that out um the 69f women's foiling gold cup being yep. held in lake garda oh, of, um, <laughs> of course yeah exactly uh <laughs> currently we have nz team winning with Joe, Ali, Molly Meach, Erica Dawson. Oh, actually, no. Um, update, update. Oh, uh, update. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think they, they're going to go into – it's a big one. So it's a Gold Cup, as I said. Team Yayo, the Dutch sale team. Uh, oh, yeah. And American Magic 1 is in there. So I was just having a look on the – so Team Yayo is um, – well, that's Maxine Jonker. Here we go. Oh, the, yeah, sorry. Yeah, updated results. Yep, yep, yep. Jumped onto that. Um, so uh, Maxime Yonka is leading that team. Then the American Magic team, which is um, uh, Team One, which is CJ Perez. So she's been doing yes, a, there you go. A lot of uh, sailing on these things. Obviously, we had a chat to her on the show, um, and uh, then I think in the next spot is the uh, the Italian team. Um, Jesus Christ, how do I pronounce this? <laughs> <laughs> I'll leave this one to you. I'll go for Team Jaja. That's up. Second. The, Come on. Uh, I want to hear the name. Come on. I can't even do it, BP. Society Valicia di Bacola. Valicia di Bacola el Gligadano. Yeah. Oh, well the, done, Bicey. Yeah. That's just a little something I picked up from my, um, uh, from my producer in the background. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Um, yep. Ham and cheese, thanks. Anyway, yeah. look, Perfect. a lot of the top female sailors in the world are at this event are racing the Falling Cup, so it's the, the Falling location. So there's 10 teams, nine nations, um, like 15 Olympians, uh, five Olympic medalists. It's There's gold medalists. There's all sorts going on. So it's a big one, and um, it's very, very cool. So... Um, uh, you know, I see nothing but growth there over the next couple of years too, eh? Yeah, and a lot of the teams, oh, here, here. the Women's America's Cup teams, that haven't got their hands on a boat are using this these boats as well. Yep. So you know, yep. it's all part of the plan. So you know, that's good. Just thought, yeah, good one. 
Cool, cool, cool. And uh, one, one, just keep an eye out for the Le, uh, Le Solitaire de Figaro um, mm. is taking place at the moment. Mm. Um, they're about to launch into stage two tonight. Yeah, yeah. Um, which uh, so that's going to be a good one to keep an eye on. Remembering this as they keep uh, an accumulation of time around the course, yep. as opposed to um, some other racing. Uh, well, most other regattas or racing for that matter. So, yeah, we'll see how that goes. Bloody and, Irishman um, winning the yeah. first stage, which is, you know, uh, Tommy Dolan. Have have not been done since Damien Foxell did it in 98 or 99, from memory. From memory. Um, <laughs> correct. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I bet you he had a hell of a time because the first stage was sailing into Kinsale in Ireland. So, um, yeah, mm. everyone would, would have been dressed in green and Guinness going loose, everywhere yeah. and, yeah, just loose as a goose. His, Absolutely. His comment was not bad for a muck savage from up country. I love it. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Um, the eight-metre world oh, yeah. is taking place, gents. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I have just lost my bloody... Space well, here. I think it's over. They the just six meters on as well in uh, all done over in cows. Yeah, so the, I think the eights are done. Uh, the six are sort of going. Um, the Swiss crew of Joachim, uh, the skipper by John Farber, was the uh, the winning team, um, and then the Austrian team on Concursador uh, uh, coming in uh, next. Um, and then third was our uh, friend yes. of the show, um, Squark. Yes, with the um, the blackjack guys. So. Oh, no. Well done to, to those guys. Um, yeah. Very yeah. cool. So Very cool. that is good and looked awesome sailing in Genoa, quite un-Genoistic uh, conditions, quite lumpy out there. But the Genoas were pulling those boats through <laughs> nicely. Well done. Genoa and Genoa. I think I've said this before, but that could be possibly <laughs> the second best line since you mentioned the Finn Racing a fin, going to the finish. <laughs> <laughs> you love that, don't you? I love it. Oh, it's my favourite. Uh, speaking of fins, uh, we, we, we need to find that sound grab, actually. Yeah, we yeah. Need to, I was just about to say, we should put that up, and it should be part of the show. Yeah. Absolutely. I'll, I'll go hunting for it, I think. Uh, speaking of fins, the European Masters are on this week coming up, so in, on Lake, yes. Lake Ardo, So How many boats they got? Like 429 or uh, something It's just like the that? Masters, Probably. the European Masters. So it's just the Euros, so 98 yep. boats, um, which is, uh, you know, decent size. They normally... It's going to be the largest European Masters, 98 entry, so the fin is definitely not fading away. Um, they're... they're uh, just growing with strength to strength. So, and uh, yeah, plenty on, uh, mm. plenty of talent in that field too, because uh, all the ex Olympians still sailing those things. So, yeah, <laughs> good luck to anybody trying to win in a fin. Jesus. Um, anyway, Mate, so- um, I was just thinking of your world famous line. Imagine they were sailing in Finland as well. Oh, that would have yeah. been iconic. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was thinking that myself. <laughs> a fin sailing a uh, fin in Finland on the way to the finish. I can't on the wait. way to the finish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then when they cross the line, fin, you know, like when a French cinema film finishes, they just come up with yeah, fin. Yeah, the fin. <laughs> I love it. Anything mm. else? Oh, yeah, of course. Sail GP. Sail GP, Saint Tropez. Mm. Next weekend. Saint Tropez. Um, I, I, I think we all remember Saint Tropez last year. Just blue dogs off chains, Saint or Lacanes, whatever they're called, um, and it was absolutely cranking. So 
I haven't had a look at the weather, but it'll be a bloody bit of a spectacle if that happens again. Um, but we'll keep an eye on that coming mm. up this next weekend. So, love well, I've it. Got, I've, I've got one, oh. lads. It seems, oh, to on. a little, it seems to be slipping under the radar a little bit. Starting on September 10th, yes. it's the Ocean Globe Race. Of course. Mm, tell yes. us. Tell us. Did you, did you get down to the south? I, I um, didn't to manage the, to get the down to it, but I did manage to uh, bump into a competitor and was actually uh, bumped into the team. The um, And they're from Adelaide Bicy. So yes, it the was Spirit of Adelaide. Spirit of Adelaide is entered in. Those of you who don't know about the race, um, obviously it's a, it's a, it's, well, the words are here, it's an eight, eight month adventure to re, yeah. uh, sort of rediscover the original Whitbread in 50th anniversary of the Whitbread in 1973. So yeah. boats have to be um, designed before 1988. So it's all retro. Um, cassette tapes only. Cassette tapes only. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, and look, it's uh, this is starting on September the 10th, so I want to keep a real close eye on this one because uh, there's some cool people going down. I, me- I did manage to to meet one of them who was very impressive, who is from the professional uh, um, sort of shipping industry, who is an expert in in um, uh, oh, celestial not, navigation celestial now. Celestial navigation, she calls it Silnav. <laughs> yeah, unbelievable. Um, so um, I don't know if you if you want to run it and have a little listen to it, but uh, it was a cool interview, a cool chat. But one thing we'll definitely do, we'll be getting Don uh, McIntyre on the show to talk us through once the race has kind of got at least a couple of weeks down the track. And then, yep. um, yeah, just to rejuvenate that conversation we had with him um, about 18 months ago. Cool. All right, I'll throw this bit of audio up for you, BP. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, go for it. Hey, Jay Bicey. Man, life is so cool, and the people you meet is uh, is pretty amazing when you wander around this beautiful planet of ours. So I've bumped into a um, an absolute legend, India Sims. India Sims is about to go off on the Golden Globe. The Ocean Globe race. The yes, Ocean sir. Globe race, sorry. <laughs> Run by the same organiser, though, Don McIntyre. Um, a similar setup. So the Ocean Globe race is a retro race in spirit of the original Whitbread races. So it's the 50th anniversary of the first ever Whitbread race, which is very cool. <laughs> We're sailing it in, a, in the same retro style. So, so Bicey, um, I'm here. As you know, we are great fans of Don. We know Don. We've grown up with Don. And um, here I am in a little house in Hamble and this beautiful person just wanders in and says i'm doing the ocean globe race and blah 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 and uh, i wanted to bring this on because i want to talk a little bit about it and i want to talk a little bit about how she has found herself in this position so india could you please tell me first of all you're with team adelaide yes (laughs) yeah yeah which has blown me away (laughs) um but first of all um why why? Well, so I sailed a little bit as a kid and uh, actually at school I was going to go off and do something completely different. I was going to go down the film route into the film industry, but I uh, left school and got qualified as a dinghy sailing instructor and absolutely fell in love. And it really was just spending more and more time on the water that made me choose a career uh, going down to the maritime industry. So I've actually just finished a three-year-long Merchant Navy cadetship and spent hours, and I mean hours, studying celestial navigation. Most of the time thinking, why am I doing this? We don't we don't use cell nav anymore. <laughs> Most ships don't have sextants anymore, uh, let alone, well, paper charts are going out of, out of fashion now too, which is a little bit scary. 
Um, and then I stumbled across this race, which I thought was a perfect opportunity to put all of my cell nav to the test. And uh, so here I am. And I'm- so what you're telling me is you're, uh, you, you actually use a sextant. You know how to use yeah. a sextant and you know how to open that big bloody book oh, of yeah. fucking numbers oh, up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the nautical, nautical almanacs, my Bible. Um, so, uh, yeah, and if I get a position that's greater than five miles away, then I'm not happy. <laughs> Wow. So, See, so I I did a bit of sex and stuff when I was a uh, well a young a young sailor, and uh, I could never get the sight right. <laughs> I could never get the angles right. I could never get anything right. But um, let me tell you that this uh, Don McIntyre backed uh, Ocean Globe race is happening. It's happening in well in the next couple of weeks, and uh, India's off on a boat actually uh, by sea from Adelaide. So we've got to get behind that one for sure. But um, let's talk about your sailing. Um, racing cruising where does it come from yeah so i actually haven't done a huge amount of racing Uh, i did go out to sydney harbour a few years ago and i joined a team out there for some evening racing but that really was as uh, as far as that got um and then cruising actually there's a company in portsmouth the tall ships youth trust and they do some really great work and Mm -hmm. i volunteer as a watch leader for them taking out school groups and just community groups and that's really my background um, as far as yacht sailing goes. And I've done a couple of transatlantics, one of which was... Uh, a couple? Uh, yeah, just a couple. Not my first rodeo. Just a couple. Yeah. yeah. Do you know um, how many people have never done a transatlantic? Uh, I know. <laughs> um, and yeah, I, I just loved, loved the ocean sailing. So the whole package with this Ocean Globe race really, really sang home to me. Okay. So... Off we go. We're going to go and go around the world and we're going to use all your practical knowledge in terms of sex and navigation and the traditional forms of sailing. Do you understand or do you have a foresight or a belief that maybe this could lead to something bigger in sailing? Uh, I, I'm hoping it does. I'm hoping it does. Um, I'm not sure what's out there for me just yet. There's a lot that I want to do. And even going back, going back to the shipping, um, I'm obviously, I'm newly qualified deck officer, so I'd like to go back and do some big ship stuff. But in terms of racing, I definitely am hoping this opens a few doors, um, maybe in a less of the retro style, but even, I do love sailing the old boats, um, so there could be another route there. Maybe looking at Clipper, um, we shall we shall see. Watch the space. Well, it's one of those things that uh, once you get your uh, foot in the door, you, you 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 know you find opportunities, you find um, various uh, pathways. Because what we are at Barker Road is all about pathways, and this is an amazing pathway for me because uh, I've bumped into you just out of the blue, yeah. um, and. Well, I'm super excited for you. Um, what do you, what do you expect, really? I mean, you go. I've been to the Southern Ocean. I told you a story last night, but I've been to the Southern Ocean. What do you expect about this race? I expect that it's going to push me in more ways than I can even imagine. I know I already have my, my little nerves. They're not huge just yet, but I have my uh, reservations about certain things, and I know that it's going to just be exceeded on every level. Um, so it's really just making sure that I'm mentally preparing myself to be, uh, to be not necessarily shocked, but just have my eyes opened. Um, I've not sailed the Southern Ocean before and I know, I know that's going to be a tough one. 
Well, it seems to me like you, um, you've got a bit of a knowledge about how things go, weather, um, you know, moons, uh, tides, airflow, all that stuff. Does that, does that come into uh, consideration? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, that really does come into consideration. And also knowing how the boat handles in those different conditions and how we fare against other boats in the race as well. Um, I think that's massively going to play into our tactical decisions. Um, but in terms of the weather, obviously, we're going back to the roots, going back to the weather facts and MFHF radio <laughs> and navtex and all of that. Um, so now I'm looking forward to it. And a little bit nerve-wracking to step out of the comfort zone uh, modern comforts so are the sextant calls going to be uh, a big part of this race the yeah i mean we are completely reliant on the sextant and on uh, our chart work and i am on board predominantly for the celestial navigation so we have got a couple of other guys on the team that can do cell nav and but it very much is being left to me, which um, is a big responsibility, but I'm very, very much excited for it. Um, yeah. And what about the weather? Um, you know, weather, <laughs> I, I did make a comment last night when we were sitting here talking and uh, about the um, weather facts is just a big blump of yeah. black ink. <laughs> Um, it's more about the clouds. It's more about what's. It actually becomes a feeling after a while when you're out there in the Southern Ocean. You can actually feel the pressure drop. You can feel the pressure rise. You can see the clouds. You can see the, you know, the different situations. Is there? Is, or are you experienced? Or is there people on board that have that ability to understand what's going on? To to look around and go, yep, we've got something coming in two days. Yeah, yeah, we do have some really great experience on board and. Um, Rinza, the mate, is absolute gold dust. He's fantastic with doing little diagrams and predicting, seeing what we have now and predicting what we're going to get in the coming coming hours, coming days. So, um, no, we're very grateful to have Rinza on board. And it's everything that I've studied over the past few years and I've seen a little bit on ship, but obviously I've had, I've had windy and I've had all of the other sites to just be my backup, whereas now that's all stripped away. So... I'm going to be really pushing myself and going off of Rinza as well. Um, okay, so we're not going to rely on the weather facts because that's a big black blob of ink. Um, India, uh, well, I can't say much more than just I wish you luck. But I, or more importantly, just every day out there is a fantastic day, and especially in the deep southern ocean. The deep southern ocean is something special and not a lot of people get to experience. Um and I just hope that uh, you know you can get a real handle on what's going on around you. Yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to it, and um, hopefully, well, maybe we'll come out a changed person. It's going to be very eye-opening, and I can't wait. And yeah, I don't think you need to be a changed person. I think you stay the same person you are. <laughs> hey, um, Jay Boisey, uh hope you enjoy that little chat. And uh, to our listeners, um, well, fuck, what can I say? <laughs> just a legend. Good luck to her. Cheers. Thank you. What do you think, mate? That was cool. Absolutely, India Sims. She's um, she's a she's a talented young lass and to totally committed. Um, great to meet her, and she's so excited. I mean, she just is so excited about going on the race, and um, you know, it was good to good to meet her. Cool. Yeah, and you can tell with all the um, all the footage that we're seeing, everyone's getting fully pumped, ready for the race. It's going to be fantastic. And of course, the village down in Southampton. So, uh, if you want to get down and have a look, go for it. Very cool. Yeah.
All right. Anything else, boys? Nothing apart from given I am recording in my garden, there's not much power source, so I'm potentially about to run out of battery anyway. So how's that for time, eh? Perfect. perfect. As for me, I'm going to be out of range. I don't know where I'm going tomorrow, and I don't know where I'm going to end up, but I'll uh, I'll let you know. Does it start with a pub crawl? Well, it might start with a lunch. <laughs> oh dear, I don't know how I'm surviving with you two bikes are making me so sad I'm not with you. It's killing me. Uh anyway. Well, the Highlands of Scotland is looking pretty good. You guys mm. you guys are great. Just keep enjoying yourselves, boys, and have a fantastic time. And uh for our listeners, just thanks for joining in and listening. And uh yeah, thanks yeah. for being part of the Barkerati family. Remember, send anything you've got in and try and win that two hundred dollar voucher. Big. Yep. Um, for the Jack Lloyd Listener of the Week brought to us by our mates at Vicobi go to vicobi.com and put in the Barkerati code for 10% off and do the same at Radix Nutrition and 10% off it's just we just keep uh, we've gone from no sponsorship well, to the, sponsoring the outro's gonna we're gonna have to extend the outro <laughs> <laughs> as long as right the listeners are happy the whole yeah. goal they're benefiting that's the whole goal <laughs> Mark, Mark says goodbye. Farewell, oh, well, producer. <laughs>